Live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, welcome to Positively West Virginia. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. On today's episode of the Positively West Virginia podcast, we're visiting with Gerald Vance. Gerald is the owner and producer of Appalachian Heritage Woodshop. His business is located in Culloden, West Virginia. Gerald, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, Jim. I'm uh, privileged to be here. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to learning about you and your story. I can't wait to talk about that. But first, a few things. Positively West Virginia exists to inspire West Virginia business leaders one story at a time. By sharing the success stories of entrepreneurs and small business owners and even nonprofit organizations throughout the Mountain State, we began this journey in 2017, and we just love telling these success stories each week and believe that by encouraging small business and entrepreneurship in West Virginia, we can help change the direction of our state forever. You can learn more about our mission at PositivelyWV.com. Once again, our guest today is Gerald Vance. He's the owner and producer of Appalachian Heritage Woodshop. Gerald, thanks again for being on the podcast. Take a minute and tell us a little bit about your business, Appalachian Heritage Woodshop. Uh, My business, the Appalachian Heritage Woodshop, promotes the Appalachian culture and the people of West Virginia by examining... Uh, furniture from the past. Uh, What I like to do is look at furniture that was designed uh, several generations ago here in this area uh, to perform a specific task. Uh, A lot of the chores that they did were very mundane and routine. So they would design a piece of furniture or a wooden item that would make that task a little bit more um, easy to do. Uh, Unfortunately, because society has changed, those tasks or chores are no longer done. So that piece of furniture is no longer uh, usable. So the future generations have no idea of some of the pieces uh, that were prominent in this area just two short generations ago. That's awesome. That's a great rundown, Gerald, in the background of, of what Appalachian Heritage Woodshop is. Talk a little bit about, I mean, you've got, you've got a full-blown TV show, right? And in addition to your wood shop, you've got this TV show. I want to I talk a little bit about that and give our, our uh, viewers and listeners a, a, an insight as to, to what that's all about. Uh, my TV show is on West Virginia Public Broadcast. Um, it usually airs on Saturdays. Uh, my first season was a pilot season with only six episodes. Uh, That began in December of 2018 and flowed into 2019. Mm. Uh, Then the pandemic hit and we had to put everything on hold. So season two, uh, we just finished up airing season two. It started in uh, July of 21 uh, and aired through the remainder of uh, 2021. So we're currently uh, videoing season three which will air sometime uh, late summer, early fall, sometime after July. That's excellent. And that's on West Virginia Public Broadcast. So tell us, you know, give us a little in-depth look at the the inside of of the show. In other words, what are you doing on the show? I haven't seen it personally. I promise you I'm going to watch a couple of episodes. Talk a little bit about the specifics of the show and, and, you know, what somebody can expect. Okay, each episode, which is a half hour long, is broken down into three segments. Uh, The first segment uh, 
Uh, I traveled to somewhere within the state of West Virginia, uh, preferably a historic place, usually a, a small nonprofit museum yeah. that will feature a prominent uh, a piece of furniture that was built and designed here in West Virginia. So I'll take a film crew and go there and we will video that piece of furniture and interview somebody there at that location. And that is done in a sepia tone, which sets the uh, mood for the whole show. So uh, I awesome. call it black and white. and I'm constantly reminded it's sepia tone. <laughs> so that's the first segment. Uh, then uh, I will interview somebody about that piece. We will have somebody in period attire uh, historically reenact how to use that piece the way it was several generations ago. And of course, that's all video. Then for the last episode, we return to my shop. And what I do is I redesign that piece and build it using some uh, fine quality native hardwoods and build it to today's standards so it fits into the decor of today's uh, homes. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and, and then all of, of course, all of those pieces that you're creating and, and, and manufacturing are available for the public to buy. Is that correct? That is correct. They are available for sale uh, through my website. Uh, the plans, uh, which I design, are also available through the website. Really? And because I'm on PBS, I'm required to be trademarked. And that took about three years, and I just finished the trademark process. So oh, I am nice. a registered trademark. That's and, great. of course, that is to ensure that nobody else sees the show can duplicate what uh, what I have uh, produced. Yeah, so I think that's that's awesome. Gerald, talk a little bit about the, the, the specific uh, pieces of furniture that you're creating. I, I remember seeing... Um, you know, some wood mallets that you've turned, uh, made from burls. I, I saw, I remember seeing on your website, mm -hmm. a Bible box and, you know, a, a desk yes. and a candle box. These are, these are things that people used to use decades ago, you know, maybe even a century ago here in West Virginia and throughout Appalachia as part of their daily living. And now you're create, recreating these, redesigning them, like you said, to today's standards. What are some of the most popular pieces that you've, uh, that you've brought to life again? Well, the Bible box is probably one of the most popular. That was on the uh, uh, first uh, series, yeah. um, first year. Uh, I also put these shows on YouTube. So although they're only broadcast on West Virginia, PBA, uh, West Virginia Public Broadcast, which is here within the state, yeah. people outside of the state see it. And I have, I've had people from Pennsylvania and California contact me and either purchase the plans or contract me to custom build a Bible box for them. And these are people that are familiar with the uh, Appalachian culture and they're familiar with it and they just want to reconnect. Yeah, that's great. What a great way to preserve uh, the heritage, right, of, of Appalachia and, and these fine uh, furniture pieces that you're not only creating, but teaching others how to create as well. And, and given the historical perspective, I think that's pretty neat. Thanks. I appreciate that. So, Gerald, how, how in the heck did you get started <laughs> in the woodworking business? Talk us, talk us through your journey uh, of your career and, and how you got to where you're at now. Well, uh, my first paying job as a woodworker, I was 14 years old. 
Uh, I'm currently 67, so you can do the math and see how long That's I've awesome. been doing this. Yeah. Uh, but I can remember uh, before I was 14, uh, actually before I was uh, 10, I was helping my grandfather and uh, he gave me a bunch of nails to straighten out because they, they would not uh, waste any nails. Oh, so a course, bit nail yeah. had to be straightened yeah. and reused. So I grew up in a family that did a lot of uh, construction work and woodworking. So I was exposed to it. Um, I, uh, I left college at a very young age and uh, uh, entered the construction industry and worked there for a while. Uh, then I uh, got hired on by a local chemical company and I worked there for 32 years, but I continued to do woodworking on the side. It was a very prominent part of my life. Yeah. Uh, and then I was fortunate at the young age of 55, I got the opportunity to go back to college and obtain a degree in fine woodworking so I could teach woodworking. Wow. Uh, and it's uh, been nonstop since then. That's awesome. So you go back to school at, at the age of 55 and get a degree in fine woodworking. Where'd you get that degree from? That was from a small community college down in the southern part of West Virginia, down in Lewisburg, West Virginia, called New River Community and Technical yeah, College. Yeah, of course I've heard at it. The yeah. time, at the time, they just started a fine woodworking program. Uh, I went through that program, and shortly after I graduated and left, uh, unfortunately, they shut the uh, program down. Um, so as far as I know, I'm the only one that has a uh, college degree in fine woodworking from within the state. Wow. There are other people in the state that have that degree, but they went outside of West Virginia to obtain that degree. Well, that's that's really interesting journey. And, and I love the fact, Gerald, and, and you, you volunteered the information that you're 67 years old and you're on a mission, man. You're you're creating this this company. You're creating this TV show. This You're the producer of Appalachian Heritage Woodshop and you got this business going. I think that's awesome. I mean, I honestly do. I think that, that is, uh, that's an inspiration for, for a lot of people. I, I can tell you that right now. Give us your 30-second pitch for your company, Appalachian Heritage Woodshop, Gerald. In other words, what is it you tell people that you do in 30 seconds or less? Uh, Appalachian Heritage Woodshop promotes the people and culture of West Virginia by examining furniture from the past. So I try to uh, uh, bring back to life a lot of the older pieces of furniture and uh, show the current generation the positive uh, uh, lifestyle that the previous generations had. Yeah, I love it. That's, that's great. Perfectly said. What would you say... Uh, Gerald, is the, the thing that you're most excited about for your company right now? What's the, what's that thing that really has you on fire? Uh, well, I'd say uh, two things right now. One is, uh, like I said, I just got uh, trademarked. Yeah, uh, That was big. a three-year journey. And I'd like to thank uh, Robertson and Michael Wee Law Firm in Charleston, West Virginia. <laughs> uh, without them, I couldn't have done it. Specifically, Kent George. Uh, Mark Gregorio and Jack Williams, the three attorneys that worked on it. Uh, like I said, it was a three-year uh, task, uh, but that is to ensure that uh, the the items that I produce and put on TV cannot be replicated by somebody else, yeah. and they can't capitalize on it. That's the purpose of that. That's that's. But really the other cool, thing man. that I'm really excited about is uh, we're in the process of doing season three right now. Uh, and I just obtained a grant through the West Virginia Cultural Center 
to uh, assist in marketing my show to other uh, PBS states uh, around West Virginia. And uh, pretty excited about that. I know KET is interested. So I'm, I'm hoping some other states will pick up the show. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, you got a lot to be excited about. You got a lot of irons in the fire, too. I mean, that's, that's pretty neat. What's the, uh, what's the geographic region that you serve? You mentioned Pennsylvania, Ca you know, California. Is, is it primarily West Virginia or all of Appalachia? What's, what's the primary market? Well, my, when I started this, I set this up with the, with the help of the Small Business Administration. They were a huge, yeah. huge help. I spent uh, almost six months with them getting all of the, uh, the business model as well as a business plan and all of the license, uh, insurance, all of that, you know. Sure. Um, but originally, I was targeting only the Appalachian states. And as you know, there's 13 states, and West Virginia is the only state in the Appalachian region that is totally encased in the Appalachian yeah. region. All of the other states are only partially yeah. in the Appalachian region. But I have been informed from people outside of the state that there are people outside of the Appalachian region that would be interested in this. People in Michigan or Florida, uh, Texas, uh, Arizona, Colorado, places like that, I've been told would be interested in uh, uh, watching this show. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's uh, I, I think that's you know, understanding your, your target audiences is, is extremely important, obviously, and it sounds like you've got that dialed in. Gerald, uh, since you've, uh, well, first of all, when did Appalachian Heritage Woodshop become into existence? I mean, when did you get this whole thing start started? Not just the TV show, but your company. The company actually started, the, the license was issued in November of 17, I believe. Uh, but I, the first year was doing a lot of paperwork, you know. Uh, so I really started uh, uh, doing things in 2018. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, when the pandemic hit, things slowed down quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're picking back up now. Yeah. So that's good. So what would you say has been your best business moment so far in this journey since 2017? Oh, well, I, I would say the uh, the help and assistance I've gotten from West Virginia Public Broadcasting, yeah. uh, they have really motivated me and helped me along. Uh, you know, it's anytime you do something new, it's a steep learning curve. You have a lot to learn, <laughs> you know, uh, and I could not have learned what I have uh, without the uh, help from uh, West Virginia Public Broadcast. Yeah, so uh, they're, they're a great great uh, institution. Well, of course, you had the woodworking down. You've got, you know, you've been doing it since the age of 14, you know, straightening yeah. out nails from your from your uh, from your family members, uh, construction projects. And you got your degree in, in fine woodworking. Uh, and, and now here yeah, that, that was kind of that was kind of amusing because when I went back and got my degree in woodworking, after about the second week, the instructor pulled me off to the side and he said, what are you doing here? You don't need to be here, you know? <laughs> and I said, no, I need the certificate. I need the degree in order to be able to teach. Wow. So, uh, so That's... yeah, but it, it was, it, it, it was a good uh, eye opening uh, venture to uh, spend two years doing nothing but high-end fine woodworking under a great instructor. Yeah, so how do, how do you, take us to the place where you you had this idea of doing a TV show. You did, did you how how did the process work? Did you take this idea to uh, 
West Virginia Public Broadcasting. Did they come to you? How, tell, talk us uh, through that journey. Uh, sure, Jim. That, that's a good question. Uh, how I came up with the idea, um, I used to demonstrate woodworking using period tools at Heritage Farm Museum and Village. Okay. And one of the things that I really like is, is woodworking. Another thing that I like is looking at antiques. And of course, I like traveling to historic sites. Yeah. So I thought, you know, if I put those three things together uh, within West Virginia, I, I thought it was a good concept. So I approached uh, West Virginia PBS. Uh, and at that time, um, uh, Mr. Lanham was there as the programming director. Sure. Uh, pitched it to him and he thought it was a great idea. And he gave me the green light. And so I started the paperwork, tremendous amount of paperwork, oh, wow. uh, and started videoing. Um, and then Mr. Lanham retired. Uh, so his uh, predecessor uh, reviewed it, liked it, and uh, put it on. And, uh, you know, the, the Nielsen ratings are good within West Virginia. But, of course, West Virginia is a very small state yeah. with a uh, low PBS viewership, you know. Yeah. But the Nielsen ratings were good, so uh, they asked me to continue. So I did season two, and now I'm in the process of doing season three. Well, that's great. Well, from a production standpoint, I mean, obviously, I, I own a video production company. How does that work? Do you go? Do you have to hire your own crew to go out and put these shows together? Do you have to script everything, or do you have a team that works on that? Talk, talk a little bit about that. How does that work? That's a good question, Jim. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, this is a, a true family affair. Um, I have a son that, uh, graduated from Marshall university in, uh, uh journalism, video Great. production. Great. After he graduated, he went over to Ohio and he taught video production <laughs> for three years and then Marshall university hired him. So he works at Marshall university and he does a lot of videos for Marshall university. So he is the one that goes on location. When we go to a historic site, he is the one that goes with us as well as uh, my editor and, and sound technician. And, and we'll go in and do the video. Now the videoing that I do in my shop, I use Marshall University journalism students. I have them come into my shop and I pay them and they operate the cameras and the sound system there. So oh, wow. uh, my wife is the editor. <laughs> uh, she has a degree in music, so she wrote the music for the show. No kidding. And uh, she taught music in the public education uh, for many, many years. And she also taught computer tech for one year. So wow. she's very good with computers. So she's the one that does the editing. So it's truly a family affair. I yeah. couldn't have done this without the help of my family. Yeah, and, and it's an innovative approach. You know, people would sit around and go, well, I don't know how to get a TV show going. Well, you had family members who were able to just jump right in there and, and, and help you out, and I think that's super cool too. What's Gerald, what's, what's been your worst business moment? I asked you about your best. What's, what's, take us to that place of your worst experience so far and tell us the story. Maybe we can learn something from that. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, as a, as a business person, you make business decisions. And sometimes you don't realize how bad the decisions are until after you've uh, <laughs> seen the results of that decision. Um, I got a little bit cramped on getting a college student. So I hired a local high school student that was in a high school journalism program. 
uh, to come into my shop and he operated cameras. Um, and I did not go and immediately check him. So we videoed this whole episode. And when we're done, I hand it off to my editor and uh, who is my wife. And she looks at it and, and basically it, it was just terrible, terrible. The, the uh, sound was terrible. Uh, the camera work was not good quality. You know, oh, I mean, man. I'm trying to produce a professional product. Um, so that's, that comes back onto me, you know, when you, when you're trying to produce a professional product, you need professional people, not high school students. Wow. And, yeah. and that was my, uh, bad decision. And, and I paid for that. You know, that, that's a great, that's a great lesson right there. But, you know, sometimes, you know, um, you gotta, you gotta do what you can, you know, if you were getting strapped and, yeah. and that's the only thing you can, but again, you know, that, that experience, uh, will will go a long way. You, I, I doubt you'll you'll make that uh, mistake again. <laughs> no, no, that's a hard lesson to learn. Uh, I want to take a second just to mention our sponsors, Gerald, uh, for Positively West Virginia and our podcast, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. The support we receive from these West Virginia companies allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia. Our guest today is Gerald Vance. He's the owner and producer of Appalachian Heritage Woodshop. Uh, he's got a, an amazing story, uh, starting with this TV show that he's he's starting his third season in production right now, and later this summer that'll be airing on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. But he also is a master woodworker and recreating these uh, amazing historical furniture pieces throughout Appalachia. Gerald, I want to get right back into it. What's the vision that you have long-term for Appalachian Heritage Woodshop? I would like to see Appalachian Heritage Woodshop uh, be available to other PBS affiliates uh, in some of the other states, especially the neighboring states. Yeah. And the reason I would like to see this, um, my show actually promotes tourism within the state where I travel to historic sites within the state. So mm. on, on a positive note, uh, it should bring viewers from outside the state back into the state to see some of the historic Appalachian uh, uh, museums and some of the things here that this state has to offer. Yeah, that's great. That is a great vision. I, I see it. I could hear it, uh, you know, when you're describing, I, I see that vision very clear. How do you get the word out about, about the TV show and, and, and about your, your company, what you're doing? How do you get the word out there these days? Well, like I said, I'm a very, very small company. Uh, family run. So marketing is not my uh, best suit. That's probably my weakest point. Mm -hmm. um, as I mentioned earlier, I did just obtain a grant through the uh, cultural center and that is to help me market. So uh, hopefully uh, a marketing agency that I uh, contacted in Charleston uh, will help spread this on social media within the next few months. Uh, and, you know, hopefully it'll be a little bit more uh, prominent and more people will be aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. Gerald, what's one of the biggest challenges uh, you face right now? Uh, I would say that, uh, you know, as a professional, you always try to improve your product, always. You know, there's always room for improvement. You know, perfection is not obtainable. Mm. Uh, so I'd say my biggest uh, hurdle right now is is getting the 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 show up to uh, a national standard will, when people see it, 
they will see that it is a professional quality mm. show and uh, want to uh, come back to West Virginia and, and see some of the features here in West Virginia firsthand. So the, the biggest hurdle I have would be the uh, raising the quality of the show, raising the uh, sound quality, <laughs> the, the visual quality. You know, you, you can always do better if you have better equipment. Yeah. But as a businessman, I have to look at the bottom line. You yeah. know, what can I afford? Yep. You know, Absolutely. so uh, a lot of decisions are dictated by uh, finances as opposed to quality. Yeah, that's really fascinating. And I can't wait to, like I said, uh, dive into a couple episodes because, like I said, I, I love woodworking. I love the, the the vision that you have and the mission you're on. I, I, I do want to delve into, uh, you know, some of the woodworking aspects because I asked you a couple of things, you know, with regard to uh to your products but what what's one of the funnest things you enjoy making in terms of furniture what's what's the thing that you're like yeah i'll do that all day long well i i like uh personal challenges and every day it amazes me some of the requests that i get yeah. i mean i get people call me because i do custom custom yeah. furniture yeah. and i'll get people call me and say can you build this uh, and I'll have to do a little bit of research just to know what that object is. But, you know, I end up building some very unusual things. I had a, uh, a lady contact me. She was a professor or is a professor at Marshall University. Mm. Her husband is a professor at Marshall University. And she wanted me to build her a simple little stool. And I thought, you know, there's not much to build on a little bench. I don't understand. So I went to their house and met with them. Of course, they wanted it to match their decor and everything. And just as soon as I walked in, I realized what the situation was. He was about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and she was less than 5 feet. Wow. And all of the furniture was sized for him, and none was sized for her. <laughs> and, you know, her request was very simple. She says, I want to sit down and my feet be able to touch the floor. There you go. Uh, that's great. So That's great. Uh, truly custom. Yeah, yeah. That, that's great. I... Um... I noticed that you, um, in one of your products, I, I can't remember if it was in your brochure or on your website, but you had a, a burl mallet. Now, I, I, and this is a this is more of a personal question because I've always been fascinated by burls, and you know, as I understand that a burl, and you see them like I, I love to hike and be out in the wilderness, and a burl is that piece of wood looks like a big knot right you have the trunk of the tree coming up and there's all often a big knot that comes out a big bulge in the in the trunk and that is a burl and yeah. as i understand it that's caused from some sort of a trauma that has been inflicted on that tree maybe it was a disease or a uh, you know something hit that tree and, and inflicted trauma and so the the wood heals itself over top of that burl and becomes super strong wood very hard wood th th am i describing yes. that correctly Yes, you are, Jim. Uh, a burl is an ab abnormal growth. Yeah. A lot of people will tell you what causes it, and in reality, they don't know. They don't know uh, what causes it. If they knew, they would artificially do that because <laughs> they're expensive, uh, right? They're, they're valuable. Very expensive. Yeah. It is an abnormal growth, and in a burl, the grain is is intertwined. It's yeah. interlocked. Interlocked. Uh, there is no yeah. straight grain on it. Yeah. Very, very dense. Very hard. Uh, and are the uh, previous generations were aware of this and they found out very quickly that if you used a burl for the head of a mallet, the mallet would last much, much longer. Wow. 
So they would go and harvest a burl and use that for a mallet head. And then as the mallet head uh, deteriorated, they would just go find another burl and make another <laughs> one, you know. So it was, that's a good example of what I feature. You know, it's, that was their way of solving a problem, yeah. you know. Ingenuity. And, uh, yeah, so I've sold several of those uh, uh, mallets and, and the plans for those. Yeah, that's yeah. that's great. Well, uh, Gerald, you know, as, I, as I'm thinking through your, um, you know, your journey, uh, I would love to pick your brain and ask this question. I, I love to ask people that own businesses and have that entrepreneurial spirit. What's one piece of advice you would give to young people here in West Virginia? Um, maybe it's an aspiring um, woodworker themselves, or maybe they're they're listening to this saying, man, this guy... Burl, he, you know, uh, uh, Gerald's uh, 67 years old, and he's he's got this TV show. I want to do something like that. What's one piece of advice you'd give to those people? Uh, I, I would say don't give up. Uh, when you first start something, especially if it's a new field, you're going to have a lot of people that will be what I call naysayers. They, they will try to say you mm. can't do that. Um, you know, it's not possible. I had a lot of people uh, outside the state of West Virginia tell me it, it, you can't do that. It, it will not survive. West Virginia will not support this. You wow. know? Uh, and I continued. And anybody that's starting out, um, if you have a passion uh, and you have a desire, then you'll find a way uh, to complete your goal. Uh, but don't listen to people if they say, no, you can't do that. Yeah, that's that's great. Great advice. I appreciate that. And I'm I'm grateful that you didn't listen to them because I wouldn't be uh, sitting here talking to you if you would have given up. I just yeah. I'm inspired by your <laughs> by your story. I can't wait to, like I said, dig dig into a couple episodes of your show. What's one thing you do, Gerald, every day that you think contributes to your your success? What's one thing you do every day? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. Uh, every day I try to progress my skills, my woodworking skills. Yeah. Um, but with any uh, skill or any uh, uh, knowledge that you have, the more you learn, uh, then all of a sudden, the more you realize there's that much more to learn. Yeah. But it becomes harder and harder to learn or to find bits or pieces of knowledge here and there. I've always said you can learn from anybody if you have an open mind. If you've got a closed mind, then there's a very select few people you will learn from. So every day I try to learn more woodworking. Um, it, it's, it is a task, but it's something that I enjoy doing. Uh, and anybody that wants to learn, uh, it's like a sponge. You'll soak up anything mm. that's, uh, that's, that's available. You'll find it somewhere. That's great. And, and of course, you know, what you're talking about there is, the concept of lifelong learning, right? It just constantly yes, exactly. striving to, to learn. What's one You book? never quit learning. Yeah, exactly. What's one book or even a podcast maybe that you'd recommend for uh, aspiring business owners and entrepreneurs? I mean, obviously you had to learn the business end of this too. What's one book or podcast you'd recommend? Uh, for a, a book for woodworking, I would recommend, there's, there's two books. One is called uh, Encyclopedia of Furniture Making. Oh. And that's actually a textbook. And that was the book that I used uh, when I got my degree. That's Great. that's actually a textbook. But there's another book, and it's called, uh, uh, let's see here. Um, 
human dimension and interior space. Wow. Now, I know that sounds strange, but for people that are just starting out doing woodworking, there are set standard measurements that you really need to know. What is the standard height for a, a, a chair? What is the standard height for a table? What is the average height for a human? What is the average uh, wingspan of a, of a yeah, human? Yeah. You need to know these when you build custom furniture. And that's what this one book does. It has all of those measurements in there. Very interesting. So that you can use those measurements and refer to it whenever you go to build a custom piece of furniture. Yeah, those are great, uh, great recommendations too, for sure. I don't, I'm a hundred percent positive that we have not had those recommendations. And of course, on our resources page of positivelywv.com, folks can find all those books and podcasts that have been recommended. To, so thanks, Gerald, for that. You know, Gerald, we've we've covered a lot in this interview in just a very short time. Uh, is there anything else you think our listeners should know about your story or Appalachian Heritage Woodshop? Uh, let's see. As far as my story goes, uh, I currently have a uh, display at Tamarack. Oh. Tamarack has a gallery down yeah. there. Uh, and in their gallery, they feature uh, some real nice displays. Well, they had a, gal uh, a, a gallery opening in January, and the showing is called a history of dot dot dot, and they ask artists within the state to um, present pieces that uh, depict a history of. And I thought that was perfect for me, so I submitted three pieces, and they were juried in. Wow. Uh, and that uh, that display is on until I believe February twenty second. I wow. believe that's great. Um, so that's at the uh, Tamarack Gallery. What uh, what um, what pieces did you did you, did you uh, submit and, and accept? What I submitted was uh, a history of a bucket bench, and there's three different styles of bucket benches, and I have an example of each style there. Wow. Although I did get an email last week, one of the pieces sold, and I don't know if it's going to remain until the show finishes or if the owner. Uh, you know, went ahead and wow. purchased it then. I, I don't know, but one of them has sold. So three pieces and all of them were bucket benches, the evolution of a bucket bench. Wow, that is super cool. A lot of, uh, a lot of historical knowledge that goes into that in addition to the craftsmanship. A lot of research. A lot of research. Yeah, I do a lot of research on all the pieces I do. Uh, I love that too. Attention to details, very cool. Gerald, as we close out our time here, how can our listeners learn more about Appalachian Heritage Woodshop and perhaps even get in contact with you? Uh, I have a website, AppalachianHeritageWoodshop.com. Uh, they can reach out to me that way. I'm also on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and LinkedIn, uh, AppalachianHeritageWoodshop.com. Um, if any of the uh, businesses that are listening to this, if they're interested in underwriting uh, a, a part of my show, uh, contact me. Uh, you know, it does cost a tremendous amount of money to produce this show. Uh, so far, I've produced it on a shoestring budget, and I'd really like to be able to uh, up the quality, and I need to do that by... Uh, uh, getting more funds. Sure. Yeah. We'll make sure we have links to all that out there and, and we'll, uh, we'll make sure we have a link to your YouTube channel too, Gerald. So folks can check out the, the episodes on, on YouTube as well as West Virginia public broadcasting. How's that sound? 
I appreciate that much, Jim. Yeah, man. It's Gerald, it's been a real honor to have you on the show today, the podcast. I think that uh, just listening to your story, it's very inspirational. You know, at 67 year old, you're, years old, you're just getting started in this. And I think that is incredible. So I, th- I could see for the next 10 years, maybe fi- 15, 20 years, you're going to be doing this and really knocking it out of the park. So I just want to encourage you to Jim, have Jim, if, if you remember, a lot of people uh, have stated uh, the Colonel Sanders that founded KFC. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He had a lot of failures and he didn't start KFC until he was in his late 60s. I know. Yeah, Um, that's great. So there's a, you know, the older generation today is much more energetic than in the past. And a lot of them are using their knowledge and resources to uh, do some good. Well, I think, I think that's really super cool. And I think, you know, you've got a lot of gas in your tank and I could see this thing running for a long Long, long time. So keep up the great, great work. I encourage you to keep that going, man. Appreciate it, Jim. Yes, sir. Folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia and our podcast today. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the mountain state, just like my new friend, Gerald Vance of Appalachian Heritage Woodshop, course they're located in Culloden, West Virginia. Our hope is that we in some way equipped you and inspired you with this great business story. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website at PositivelyWV.com. And of course, we appreciate your comments, positive reviews, and encouragement along the way as well. And uh, may, you know, be sure to share these episodes on your social media channels too. That helps uh, help us get the word out there about great people like Gerald Vance doing great things in West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can learn more about our mission of advancing small business entrepreneurship, nonprofit organizations, and business leadership at positivelywv.com. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team today, including our producer, Mr. Hampton Hill, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia. 